John B. McClendon pioneered it, Rick Pitino mastered it, and Bob Huggins made it an identity. I'm Justice Rohde, and love it or hate it, this is the Full Court Press. All right, welcome back into the Full Court Press, Episode 7. I'm joined by a very special guest today. Mr. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, I'm Brian Eikoff, friend of Justice Rohde. Privileged to be on the podcast today. He's the first guest I've ever led on the podcast. We are seven episodes in, and this is the first time I've ever led anyone on the podcast. So, Ryan, welcome. Great to have you. Thank you for having me. Ryan has a little bit of basketball experience. Ryan played at Columbus High School here in Nebraska, Columbus, Nebraska. You were a discoverer for a little bit, weren't you? I was. Uh, played varsity two years. Sat the bench mostly. Too bad you guys couldn't discover how to win that much during your time in high school, but it's so privileged to have you. Uh, it's an honor to have our first guest. Uh, we also have Blake May sitting in for this episode. Blake, give us a shouting hi. Blake's a little, little gun shy today. All right, we're going to jump right into it. Before we get into the draft, I'm just going to talk a little bit about <clears throat> excuse me, the transition from the NBA to the EuroLeague for some of these professional guys. So Jabari Parker the other night had a debut. He came off the bench in 11 minutes, led Barcelona in point scoring. He had 13 points off the bench, led everybody, he, including hitting four threes from downtown. He just looked really impressive. And it just kind of it, it got me on a little thought train the other night where I thought, you know, these, these NBA guys, they come in and they find a second life of sorts. They go in after a career, like Jabari Parker, number two overall pick, derailed by injuries, was supposed to be really promising alongside a developing Giannis in Milwaukee. Things never really worked out there. He bounced around the league a little bit. Now he's in Europe. And he's gotten off to a really impressive start, and he's shown some stuff. But it just got me on this tangent because then I was thinking, okay, Kemba Walker, very successful in the league. Obviously, there was some, you know, he played on some very horrific teams in Charlotte, just some not very well-constructed rosters during under the Michael Jordan ownership. And now he's over in Monaco, and he gets a chance to play with Mike James, who's another ex-NBA guy, played with the Brooklyn Nets a little bit. He's bounced around. It's really interesting to see how these guys manage to find a second life and a second wind in their career. Like, there's other guys. Emmanuel Moutier's playing overseas. Jalil Okafor's playing in Puerto Rico now. So these avenues that are expanding where the NBA guys just go over and find a new life. And it's, and it's interesting because some of those guys that don't work out are maybe hitting the, the back end of their careers. Kemba Walker is, is the main one, a guy who's hitting the back end of his career, had to spread on over, or even guys who jump in the prime of their career. Nikola Mirotic taking a humongous salary boost to go play and be the feature star of Barcelona the longevity they get in their careers and the, the ability to manipulate teams to their play style. Jalil Okafor in Puerto Rico, back-to-the-basket guy. He was always a back-to-the-basket guy as, as he, after he was the number three overall pick out of Duke in the 2016 NBA draft. It just didn't work out because the NBA started to evolve into this more pace and space, free-flowing NBA at a time where Jalil Okafor was more of a traditional back-to-the-basket guy, shades of Al Jefferson, Roy Hibbert, those bigger guys who need to command space and command touches. Now he gets to go over to Puerto Rico and be a big factor 
and be an, a championship impactor in a good league that's got a lot of ex-NBA guys. Tremont Waters is over there hooping. DeMarcus Cousins was making appearances over there. There's a lot of touches to be gained there and a lot of recognition to be gained. So he's been able to boost his career. Mike James is a guy who, a little bit undersized, he's only 5'9", but, I mean, he, he gives buckets to anybody over in France. I mean, he was top five in the French League in scoring last year. And so it's interesting to see all these NBA guys transition over to the EuroLeague and to different leagues around the world and to find the second groove because of the style of play and the willingness of teams overseas to give guys like that chances and give them touches and give them opportunities to showcase their skill set. I don't think that those NBA guys want to go on their own volition. I don't sit there and go, yeah, you know, Jabari Parker, his best option is to go over to the EuroLeague. He wants to play in the NBA. He wants to be in the league, getting minutes, playing in the best league in the world. But sometimes it just doesn't work out like that. You just got to look for other avenues and a hats off to some of these pros who've been able to take some different avenues. But again, I don't think it's of their own volition. All right, now into the part of the podcast that pretty much everybody is going to want to hear. Mr. Eikhoff, you and I are going to draft two guards, two wings, two big men, one wild card, and a bust head coach of all time to make the greatest tank team slash bust team of all time. Since you are the guest, Mr. Ryan Eikhoff, I'm going to give you the floor. You have the first overall pick. Who will you be selecting for your ultimate tank team? A lot of pressure here with the first overall pick. There's, there's some guys that I've been considering, but I think one that stands out to me is Hashim Thabit. Oh, you stole my pick, you son of Number a Number two pick in 2009, Bob Harden, James Harden, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, Drew Holiday. I mean, his best year, he averaged three points, three rebounds, and a block. That is just horrible. Was not a good basketball player at all. It's crazy how he went number two. Those are Hall of Fame tank numbers, right? <laughs> I mean, if, you, if, if your Boston Celtics were tanking tomorrow, this is the guy you want leading the front line. Absolutely. That's absolutely incredible. Ryan Eikhoff with the first overall pick. Takes mine. I was going to take a sheen to beat. You son of a gun. Okay. Well, he stole my pick, so now I actually have to do... I have to go deep into the big board now. Um, I'm going to go different. I'm going to take a wing with my first overall pick. Uh, you can call him a wing. You can call him a big. Regardless, I'm taking the number three overall pick in the 2006 draft, Adam Morrison. Yeah. Picked over the likes of Brandon Roy... J.J. Redick, Rajon Rondo, Kyle Lowry, P.J. Tucker. Put some names there. Adam Morrison, over his career, was not very good. I'm going to be very honest. No, no, no. He is a two-time NBA champion. Got to put respect to that. You got to put some respect to that. He was high on my board. Might have been my first wing off the board if I were to go wing. That's, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking, Ryan. 7.5 points for his career in 161 games, 2.1 total rebounds, 1.4 assists on an incredible 37% from the field. For a guy who was supposed to be a knockdown shooter, 33% from three. Just horrible. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting effort from Mr. Adam Morrison. Uh, 
All right, Ryan, this is not a snake draft. I'm going to let you, I'm gonna let you have your second overall pick, who you'll be taking. I, I think I'm going with another big here. It's still between like a group of three guys, but I've been talking about this guy all week, Michael Oluwakandi, 1998, number one overall pick. All name team, if I'm concerned. Maybe the you best name I've ever team. heard. Drafted in front of guys like Vince Carter, Paul Pierce, Dirk Nowitzki, and he just never was a good basketball player. You have been talking about this guy all week. We've been we've been previewing this ever since I hit you up uh, like last Friday, and I asked you if you wanted to be on the podcast. And, and you, uh, the minute I mentioned this, that was the first name out of your mouth. So, I mean, you got to be happy with that selection. In my opinion, the most underrated is that what I would call it? Most <laughs> underrated bust. <laughs> How do you underrate a bust? Overrated, then? I don't know. The most bust, bustiest yeah. bust? Like, what do you call yeah. that? That's a great selection, Ryan. Thank you. Absolutely fantastic selection. All right, with my second overall pick. I'm taking a big. And I'm going with a man. Who was drafted above Carmelo Anthony? I don't, now. I, I don't know who let this happen. He is a 2004 NBA champ. Ladies and gentlemen, with my second pick, I will be selecting Darko Milicic. In 468 career games, six points per game, 4.2 total rebounds, and 0.9 assists on 46% from the field, 57% from the free throw line. This guy was an absolute liability at the charity stripe. Just brutal. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. A player efficiency rating of 12.3. Disgusting numbers. One of, For the, a dude great, who was, one of the greatest drafts of all time, and Darko Milicic. And Darko Milicic. Right behind LeBron. Right behind LeBron and above D-Wayne and Carmelo. Nicknamed the Human Victory Cigar. The Human Victory Cigar. This was the guy who was supposed to be, like, the dude. Like, he yeah. was the prototype stretch four. He didn't stretch anything <laughs> except for the team's bank account. Exactly. He was, this is an absolutely disgusting pick. And if I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't rather have anybody else on my all-tank team. Knew he would be here. All right, Ryan, third overall pick. Third overall pick. The, it's kind of hard with the guards and wings. There's a lot more bigs, and mm -hmm. guards is very small list. I'm going with a guy drafted second overall in 2002 in front of Amari Stoudemire, Carlos Boozer, and others. Oh, no. Going with Jay Williams. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, injuries did ruin his career, but I'd argue that's partially his fault because of the motorcycle crash. That was against his contract that he had after his rookie year. Yeah, he was kind of a knucklehead for that. Along with the, the wear and tear from being a Duke player under Coach Mike, K. Yeah, Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. Oh, God. His numbers aren't that bad. But he only played one year. He only played one year. 9.5 points, 2.6 rebounds, 4.7 assists as a 6-2 point guard. 39% from the field. Got injured and never played again. What I thought was crazy about him is how he didn't even have a picture on basketball reference. He, he did make an all-rookie team, though. 
Didn't make an all-rookie team. And now he's making Ryan Eikhoff's all-boss team. Be an honor to be on this team. <laughs> it legitimately should be an honor. All right. Third overall pick. I'm looking at the board, and there's so much. There's just so much mid. <laughs> there's just... It's disgusting. Uh, oh, my gosh. There is so... Oh, my goodness. All right. I'm going to mention this man's name because it's... Like, we were talking about this. He wasn't even the best of the busts. Like, he's the most notorious, but he's not the best of the busts. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, drafted first overall of the 2013 NBA draft. With my third selection, I will be taking Mr. Anthony Bennett out of UNLV and Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Maybe the worst, like, number one, the worst number one pick ever, but the draft was so bad. That he can't be the worst bust. But if you if you went by his just his summer league highlights, like if somebody went into a coma after they watched his summer league, you would be thinking Anthony Bennett's a top 25 player in the NBA right now. Didn't he go like the first like five games of his career without making a shot? Yeah, in 151 games played, 4.4 points, 3.1 rebounds, a half an assist a game on 39% from the field and 26% from three, a player efficiency rating. Of 10.2. Absolutely putrid numbers from the Maple Leaf sensation. Played for four teams in four years. Cleveland, Minnesota, Toronto, and Brooklyn. Absolutely putrid numbers, Ryan. Disgusting. All right, your fourth overall pick. This is going to be good. My fourth overall pick, going with the wing. Yeah, I took both. Relatively recent. Drafted right behind my favorite player. I'm going with the 2017 number four overall pick. I knew it. Josh Jackson. I knew it. Drafted out of Kansas. He looked like the best wing in the draft. He did. I wanted the Celtics to draft him. Obviously, we got the better player. You should be glad you didn't. So happy we didn't. Played for four teams in, what, five years? Averaged 11.3, four rebounds, and two assists a game. He's now playing for the Stockton Kings in the NBA G League. That should tell you how far, how, how far things have gotten so far. And all those numbers were extremely inefficient. Just probably the most athletic guy in that draft. And he just was never good, frankly. Yeah, no, there was like a lot of projectile stuff with him. Where it was like, this dude's really bouncy and he actually showed a jump shot. But he's playing for Bill Selves, Kansas. Like he could have been an elite defender. Could have been. Elite wing it never happened it just never happened all right i'm gonna take the first guard off the board i think second guard i took jay williams can we count him as a guard (laughs) i'm taking my first guard okay ladies and gentlemen i'm taking the eighth overall pick in the 2014 nba draft out of the University of Michigan in St. Mark's in Southborough, Massachusetts, ladies and gentlemen, I'm taking Nick Stauskas. Celtic legend. He is a Celtic legend. <laughs> Only played six games for you guys. That's four more than he played for Miami. Watching him play uh, the garbage time minutes was a pleasure. <laughs> That's kind of how you feel about Peyton Pritchard. Except Peyton Pritchard's like actually a decent NBA player. 
Nick Skauskas. Yeah, he's just... not Nick Skauskas, who was a sniper in college. In 343 career games, 6.7 points, two rebounds, one and a half assists, 38.9% from the field, 35% from three. Now, he did shoot 81% from the line. Player efficiency rating of 9.1. Eight teams in his, what, 10-year career? Yeah. He really lasted 10 years? Well, those numbers are kind of inflated. Oh, nine years, sorry. Yeah, because he played like eight total yeah. games between Miami and Boston. He's he, he played in the G League last year for the, Still the Grand NBA City contracts. Rapids. Still NBA contracts. Still NBA contracts. Oh my gosh. Six six two oh five. Nicknamed Sauce Castillo. <laughs> who who on God's green earth nicknamed him Sauce Castillo? Oh God. Yeah, Nick Stauskas. He, he, get on my team. And we're gonna. I'm gonna put a poll up after this, guys. You guys vote for who would actually have the worst team. Like you, we could literally run a simulation of this in 2K. We absolutely could. We absolutely could. Play I, as a team still. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gonna be like the Nebraska Michigan game tomorrow. It's just no yeah. scoring. Yeah. <laughs> no scoring. All right, your fifth overall pick. You need a guard and a wing. My fifth overall pick. I will go with the guy drafted over, arguably the greatest point guard of all time. Oh, God. Art second in, in terms of justice's list. I know who you're taking. Taking Johnny Flynn. Yeah. I was already typing it. Part of a – Timberwolves had two picks before the Warriors, and they drafted two guards <laughs> not named Stephen Curry. They drafted Ricky Rubio. Ricky, Ru- Ricky Rubio's a he's decent solid. player. He's solid. But he's not Steph Curry. Johnny Flynn – they thought he was going to be Steph Curry. He had a good rookie year, but he only lasted three years. He's great coming out of Syracuse. He just wasn't good. Also drafted in front of like guys like DeMar DeRozan, Drew Holiday, Jeff Teague even. Oh, that's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> Never. could. Oh, my gosh. This is an incredible team, Ryan. This is... Johnny, Good matchup between our teams. Really. Johnny Flynn, Jay Williams, Josh Jackson is cheap to beat Michael Ola with candy. I'm, I'm pretty sure the current Duke team could beat this team. <laughs> Probably could. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is atrocious. All right. All right. I still need a guard and a big. I think we dig into the well a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, with my fifth overall pick in honor of Stephen A. Smith, and maybe the greatest rant of all time. I will be selecting Kwame Brown. <laughs> was hoping he would fall to the wild card. The 2001 number one overall pick. He played in the league for 12 years. 607 career games. 6.6 points. 5.5 rebounds. 0.9 assists. from the field, 11% from three, (laughs) 57% from the line, a 12.5 player efficiency rating. Here's a fun fact. His cousins are Jabari Smith and Jabari Smith Jr. Did you know that? I did not know that. Well, now you know. His nickname was Coffee. (laughs) If only he played like Coffee, maybe he'd have some get up and go. Argument, Jordan. 
might have ruined his career. Well, Jordan's ruined a lot of guys' yeah. careers. Shout out Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> Absolutely atrocious. Uh, in Washington, his best year, his third year in Washington, averaged 10.9 points. That ain't gonna cut it. Played for the Lakers. Logan Eby is rolling over <laughs> in the in the in the Nebraska nightly studio. Logan's just rolling over right now. Uh, Mem- he played for the Memphis Grizzlies, the Detroit Pistons, the Charlotte Hornets, Golden State Warriors, and he ended his career in 2012-2013 with those god awful Philadelphia 76ers teams. Absolutely atrocious. Kwame Brown, get on my team. <laughs> so bad. I'm pretty sure I just have a wing left. You do only have a wing left. Uh, this is tough because I don't really like the guys left. But just because I want to talk about this guy. Oh, my gosh. I'm taking the 1995 number one overall I pick. I knew it. Joe Smith. Lasted long time in the league. Lasted, what, 17 years? Hey, hey, great my team card, Joe Smith. Great my team card. Great my team card. Got in front of guys like Antonio McDyess, Jerry Stackhouse, Rasheed Wallace, and Kevin Garnett. But yeah, the, that's bad. But the main reason I wanted to talk about this guy was the salary cap, salary cap evading scandal with the Timberwolves. This is bad. He would si- they agreed that he would sign for very little money for three straight years so they could get his bird rights and sign him to upwards of like an $85 million extension. Well, great. They both agree. CBA doesn't allow that. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of illegal. Where's Dana White? That's, that's illegal. And the NBA fined him, avoided his contracts, whatever. And they took away originally four first-round picks, but 2001, 2002, 2003, and 2004. But they eventually gave back the 2003 pick, but not the 2004, which I found kind of interesting. So just, you're just going to skip a year? Yeah. It, like, it doesn't just, make sense just, to me. Just take the 2003. Yeah. Well, that was the LeBron year. But they weren't going to get LeBron. They were like... They weren't going to get pick. LeBron, Wade, Mello, or Darko Milicic. They weren't going to get Darko. I think they should be glad they didn't get Darko. Yeah. yeah, that was... Okay. I still need a guard. Your team's looking really good right now. All right. I need a guard. Oh. He fell to me. You know who I got to take. We were talking about this on the walk over. In college. Oh, God. This man was the 2010-2011 AP Player of the Year. Consensus All-American. Naismith Award winner. Wooden Award winner. Three-time All-Mountain West Conference. Three-time All-Mountain West Conference tourney. And the Mountain West Conference tourney MVP averaged 187 2.6 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 39% from three, 45% from the field. His final season in college averaged 28.9 points. Drafted 10th overall by the Milwaukee Bucks. Ladies and gentlemen, with my final pick before the sixth man, I will be taking Jimmer Mania, Jimmer Fredette. The Kings absolutely ruined his career, Ryan. You think so? It's the Kings. Yeah. They ruined his career, and I don't think he was going to translate to the NBA because he's only 6'2", 195. A CBA legend, though. He is a CBA legend. legend. Chinese Basketball Association legend. Shanghai Sharks legend. He was the originator of that meme. 
He was. Ben Simmons. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks. Anybody who... Joel Embiid. <laughs> Anybody who deserves to be out of the league should be on their knees thanking this man that those memes... It's Kyle Kuzma during the, after the 2020 bubble. The yeah. You are a Shanghai Shark. That all comes back to Jimmer for that actually going to the Shanghai Sharks in 241 career games. Now, he did play until 2019, so he had a run. He had a little gap where he went to China and then came back for like six games with Phoenix in 2018-19. I don't remember that at all. They were atrocious that year. I think that was the eighth year. 241 games. Six points. One rebound, 1.4 assists. For a guy who was supposed to be a shooter, 40% from the field, 37% from three. Now, he did shoot 88% from the free throw line, so he wasn't missing. 12.5 12.5 player efficiency rating, an effective field goal percentage of 48%. For a shooter and a shooting guard, that ain't going to cut it. He did allow, I mean, has any player made us, made all of America tune into a game of BYU and Air Force? BYU and Wofford on a Thursday night on CBS at 6.30. I get done with dinner, run downstairs to the box TV set in my basement and I wait and giggle in excitement as Jimmer Fredette goes for 25 against Wofford. You could not turn on your TV without seeing Jimmer. Jimmer Mania. I don't think, I don't think a Mormon's captured our attention more. Like, other than Zach Wilson and his mom? Like, has, <laughs> has a Mormon attracted our attention more? I don't think so. Like, Joseph Smith? I don't, I don't know. I really don't. All right, into the sixth man we go. The wild card. You got to have somebody for this. Uh, I really wanted... There's some good ones. I really wanted Kwame Brown here. Jalil Okafor, Dragon Bender, Marvin Bagley, Chris Washburn, LaRue Martin, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, Derek Williams, Michael Beasley, Yi Jian Lian... From the Bucks, you remember him? Andrea Bargnani, Emeka Okafor, Evan Turner, Dante X. There's some good ones. There are so many options, but like, how many are really like up that? Standard? Who's gonna complete your tank team? I think you should be looking at who's the worst option available. I think I'm gonna go with guy. I don't think you mentioned right, Ben. I don't think I did. Dennis Hobson. You're my. You're my go for Hobson this. Drafted what? Third overall in 1987 in front of Pippen, Horace Grant, Reggie Miller, Mark Jackson, Reggie Lewis. Oh my gosh. Lasted five years in the league. Best year, I mean, 16, 4, and 2. That's solid. But he had two more years in the league after that. After his tenure with the Nets, out of the league in two years. Playing in Spain, France, Philippines, Israel. Career averages of 11, 3, and 2. Oh my gosh. With a 44% effective field goal percentage. Just screams bust. It, it screams bust. It's bad. Okay. That was a good one, Ryan. Dennis Hobson. I didn't know you had that in the bag. All right. I think I got, as much as I would love to mention LaRue Martin or 
Chris Washburn or Dragon Bender. As much as I want to throw, or Jalil Okafor, as much as I want to throw some of those guys in, one guy's just screaming my name. There's one guy. And it's purely because of the drug issues. Ladies and gentlemen, with my sixth man pick, the second overall pick in the 2011 NBA draft, drafted over Tristan Thompson, Kemba Walker, Clay Thompson, Jimmer Fredette, who's drafted over Jimmer Fredette, the Morris Twins, Kawhi Leonard, Iman Shumpert, Tobias Harris, Kenneth Fareed, Reggie Jackson, Jimmy Butler, like, like, how far can I go? How far can I go? Don't forget Enos Freedom. Enos Freedom. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Thunder legend. It's Derek Williams. Now, the Derek Williams stuff is weird because Derek Williams got into some drug issues. With his, it was, it, it was a poor work ethic. His motor was never there. I mean, there were guys in 2011 saying that he was number one in terms of readiness. Like, this is a ready-to-play guy. And came out of his rookie year, averaged nine and five. While shooting, having a 45% effective field goal percentage. He is atrocious. He ended up, he, because of alcohol abuse and three successive failed drug tests, got kicked out of the NBA. I think that's the perfect man to help this tank team. And in terms of a bust, he's up there. Absolutely. All right, it's time for the coaches. Ryan Eikhoff, who will coach this absolute derailed train of a team that you have assembled? In my opinion, maybe the worst coach of all time, at least the worst coach in my lifetime. Jake Salins absolutely hates this man. Jake Salins absolutely hates this man. Came after maybe an equally horrible coach in Fred Hoiberg, current Nebraska coach, though. My goat. Jim Boylan. You're my goat for this. Lasted three years somehow. I don't know how. After being assistant for however, 20 year plus years. Three years. How yeah. many, They might have won... Two years, sorry. They won 39 games in those two years. 39 and 84. Yeah, that's bad. Winning percentage. He has a, 59, a 53 and 109 career record in the NBA. That's bad. Those are some bad numbers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, Jim Boylan. Hey, hats off, Ryan. You got a heck of a team. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Let's hear your coach for your powerhouse of a team. I could have gone with Jim Boylan. Of course you took him. Could have gone with Tim Floyd. Not going to go with Tim Floyd. Could have gone with John Calipari. Not going to go with him. I am down between two men, Ryan. NBA legend, 
or current college coaching legend? Which one do you think I should go with? The current college coaching legend. Ladies and gentlemen, while I could have taken Kurt Rambis and talked about those awful Minnesota Timberwolves teams with Michael Beasley, Kevin Love, and Corey Brewer. Oh, my goodness. Those teams were atrocious. He ran them into the ground. He is the reason they got ran into the ground. Absolutely. Instead, I will talk about a man who is the current Florida State head basketball coach. A man who somehow wasted the potential of Matthew Cleveland and forced him to transfer to Miami. A man who pumped out Devin Vassell, Patrick Williams, and Scotty Barnes in the past couple of years. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who will be leading this tank team is Leonard Hamilton. His NBA, his NBA coaching record. Let me make sure I get this right. When you said college legend, I thought you were going Rick Patino. No, 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 no. Because I saw Leonard Hamilton's career record and I said, this is atrocious. I'm going to make sure I get this right. Leonard Hamilton, as the coach of the Washington Wizards from 2000 to 2001, had a 19-63 and 63 record. Whew. That is, we're talking Maginot Line, German invasion level of tanking right there. He got off to a 7-34 and 34 start. With the number one overall pick, Kwame Brown. 19 and 36. He only coached for one season before they shipped him off. 19 and 63 record. They shipped him back to Florida State. And that's where he's been ever since. After he left the University of Miami. So he went back to the Sunshine State. After Washington kicked him out, they finished with the third rush record in the league. Ladies and gentlemen, the man to lead this team is Leonard Hamilton. Somehow we're not even the worst team in the Eastern Conference. The Bulls won 15 games that year. Shout out the Bulls for that. Post-Jordan years. Yeah. A Ron Artest Bulls team. Yeah, my goat. My goat, Ron Artest. If you know, you know. Him and Ben Wallace. I don't know if any fans ever wanted to punch someone more. Absolutely. I don't know if I've ever wanted to punch someone more after he elbowed Harden in the face in the playoffs. Just a funny guy. Dude, he's a fun meta world piece. Oh, what an era. What an era. All right, Ryan, we didn't get to mention this guy. Today's Rewind the Grind player is OJ Mayo. Ryan, can you honestly tell me what you remember about OJ Mayo? Um, so incredibly hyped up. So incredibly hyped up. Got paid off at USC. And smoked way too much weed. Smoked way too much weed. So here's the thing. 2008-2009 All-Rookie Team. Drafted third overall in the 2008 NBA Draft out of USC. His nickname is Grocery List. Did you know that? I did not. That is an all-time nickname. 13.8 points, 3.1 rebounds, 2.9 assists over his career in 547 games played. Not bad efficiency. 37% from three, 43% from field goal. An effective field goal, 49%. It's, uh, but that, that was back in the old NBA era yeah. before we got hyper-efficient guys. 82% for the free throw line. 21.8 win shares is not atrocious. 18.5 points, 
Like in Memphis, he averaged 18.5, 17.5, 11.3. Got traded to Dallas, 15.3 points. It was ultimately the drug issues that did him in. Yeah, high school basketball legend. Mixtape legend. Mixtape legend. I mean, they were talking about this guy was the next LeBron. 6'5", 210, combo guard, explosive, jumps out the gym with a decent jump shot, could shake anybody. Extremely hyped up at USC and got paid off by Tim Floyd. <laughs> got paid off by Tim Floyd. Didn't get to mention him. But yeah, OJ Mayo, how about that? What could he have been if he didn't get involved with, you know? Could he have been an all-star? He probably could have. So. You know, if he didn't if he didn't do a little languishing with the lettuce, if you know what I'm saying, you know, if he didn't smoke upon what the devil was drinking, uh, he could have been something. But we will never know. So if I could rewind the grind one more time, let's keep OJ Mayo. Let's give him the Stephen A. Smith special. Stay off the weed. Say it, Ryan. Stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. If I could get him to stay off the weed, OJ Mayo would have been something special. All right. That has been it for the Full Court Press. Again, thank you so much to Mr. Ryan Eikhoff. Any shout-outs you want to make? You want to shout-out your girlfriend? Anything like that? Uh, shout-out my mom. Shout-out to Blake Mace sitting in here. Shout-out for sure. Blake Mace for sitting yes, in sir. with us this whole Fantastic time. Fantastic episode, boys. Thank you, Blake. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be on. It's a, it's a pleasure to have one of the greatest bench warmers in Columbus history of my podcast. A man who discovered... How to build the perfect tag team from from the Columbus Discoverers. Uh, you guys go, you guys go hit up Ryan on social media. You can plug your Instagram, Ryan.ike. Ryan.ike. That's it. That's it. If you see the if you see the picture of him shooting the corner three, just know he missed that. <laughs> just know he missed it against Isaac Trout. Shout out Jake Salins for finding that out. Shout out Jake Salins for finding that out. But that's it for the full court press again. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can hit me up on social media at JJ underscore Rody on Instagram and Snapchat. Until then, this has been the Full Court Press. We'll see you next time.